0: A few things you guys should know about me is that I am not very handy when it comes to work like doing, uh, using tools or uh, doing constructions building. I barely know how to change a light bulb. I'll tell you though, I know how, to, I know what is, a, uh, what a screwdriver is. I know what um, the opposite of the screwdriver is. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but I know what it is and I know how to use it. I know what nails, I know what harm, hammers are. I know all of those different things, Right. However, I'm not very handy. And that's just been my whole life. I've tried and i failed and I continue to fail. Now, another thing that you should know about me, two interesting facts, is that uh, I don't get scared often. I don't get scared scare very often. But one of the things that scares me a lot is when my wife Jenny goes to Target. And that originally scares me. But that may, what makes it worse is that if she comes out of Target with a big box, which uh, I know that it means that I'm going to have to build something. And because I'm not uh, handy, is always a task. And this week, it was an example of that. I had to build a furniture that she bought from Target, and it was not easy. I'm sure that this furniture, for some of you, it will take you 30 minutes. It ended up taking me about a few hours, and I'm not making it up. But... Many things in life, I, don't, I disregard instructions, right? I, actually, I shouldn't say that. There are times where I disregard instructions. But when it comes to building furniture, I always want to make sure I follow instructions because I have no idea what I'm doing. And even with the instruction, I still have no idea what I'm doing. But when I grabbed this one, this is the instruction of the furniture. I, I am not joking when I say that when I opened the first page, I legitimately screamed. I was scared when I saw all the things that came into it. Uh, you probably won't be able to tell much, but if you are, you'll see that there's a lot of pieces in these instructions. And when I saw it, I just literally screamed. My wife was doing her not routine, and she came to me just like, what happened? I'm fly- and I was like, this happened, right? The instruction. There's a lot that I needed to do. And so, just to make the story short, I ended up working out. I ended up putting it together. And just when I thought I had finally made it and that it was looking good, I came to realize in the last step that I did it all wrong. So then I had to tear it all back down and then do it again. And so, like I said, for some of you, it probably take you 30 minutes. For me, it took me a couple hours. But why do I share this? Because when you look at the instructions, you'll see... There's a lot of different pieces. There's a lot of different things that make this furniture. And when I look at it, there are little pieces that to myself, I thought, man, this is pointless. This is useless. There's no way that this is going to be efficient. I'm going to disregard this and just focus on the bigger pieces, right? But what I came to realize after I failed twice is that every single piece in this furniture has a reason or has a purpose. And when they all come together, they make for this awesome furniture that now we can use and enjoy in our home. Now, it is so interesting to me how the same way is when it comes to service, how every one of us, regardless of our giftedness, regardless of our background, our sizes, our stories, all of us have something, a role to play when it comes to service that when we come together, we make for what is beautiful. We make it for something to be that, is, that brings glory to God. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, this idea of serving. If, as we conclude our series on essentials, things that we will say are necessary for growing in our relationship with God, we're going to end with the topic of serving serving one another, and serving God. But before we jump right away, these are te- the, again, this is not, a, I should say, this is not a limited list, but these are 10 most used excuses that you will find in a church. And maybe some of you here today could relate to some of the excuses as to why you're maybe hesitant on why you're not serving or why you're afraid or why you don't like to serve or why you stop serving. But here you, are, here you go. The first one is that you're too busy with work. Maybe the reason why you haven't been serving in the church or you haven't served is because you're too busy with work. Maybe you're transitioning from a new position, a new location. Maybe COVID has messed up your schedule, and that's why you're not serving. For others, it may be that you have, you're busy with family commitments, Maybe you're homeschooling your kids and they take a lot of your time and that's why you, don't, you have a hard time finding ways for you to serve in the church. For others it may be that your kids are doing sports so you don't know if every Sunday you're going to be able to make it to church so maybe that is why you don't serve and you're not serving. The third one. Maybe the reason why you're not serving is because you don't know what opportunities are at the church. What ways you can serve here in the church. And that has been your excuse. I don't know in what ways I can be used, so I'd rather just let it be. Maybe for some of you the reason why you're not serving is because you don't know know your gift. You don't know the way that God has gifted you through the Holy Spirit to be able to be used by him. Maybe you don't know that. You haven't identified your gift and that's why you have decided not to serve. Maybe the reason why you haven't served is because nobody has asked you to serve. No one has come to you directly and said, hey, John, hey, Mark, hey, Luke, hey, Matthew, just kidding. But no one has come to you directly and said, hey, why don't you come and serve? We need you in this area. And maybe that's the reason why you haven't done it. Maybe for some of you, maybe this is a very few number, if anything, maybe you attended a different church and now you start coming to Maranatha, but sadly at the previous church you were at, you got burnt out, you were overused, and now you want to come to Maranatha and you just want to relax and be fed and be enjoying the service here because you don't want to deal through the same hurt or the same struggle that you experienced on the last church. Maybe the reason why you're here is because you don't like commitment. You don't like to commit yourself. Uh, maybe you don't know what the p- price of bread is going to be next year, so you're telling yourself, I'm not going to commit myself. Uh, I'm not, not going to commit to something that I don't know what's going to be like next year, right? Maybe the reason why you're not serving is because you, you look at our ministry, you look at Mary and I, and you tell yourself, well, in any area that I could potentially help, it seems like they're under control. It seems like they're doing fine, so maybe they don't need me. So that's probably why you don't go. And then the last one, or, or not the last one, two, two more, you have that, you, maybe you have been serving a while and you feel unappreciated. You feel like you haven't given, the, the, that you, even though you have served and sweat and done what they have asked you, maybe nobody has come and said to you, hey, thank you for your service. And that's probably why also you may not want to serve again because you have felt unappreciated. And then the last one, and this is the most honest answer is, I just don't want to. The reason why you haven't served is because you just don't want to. Now, again, this is not a limited series or a list. This doesn't necessarily apply to everyone in the room, but these are common excuses as to why people don't like to serve in the church, why people are hesitant to serve in the church. And so today we're going to be in a passage in the book of 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we're going to be looking at Paul and what he says to this church. I don't know if you remember two weeks ago when I was here and we share and we talk about the background of the church, Corinth, the church, this. This great church that was in the middle of one of the most prominent cities in the area, that sadly was a church that was struggling because the people in the area, the culture in the area, were trying to influence the church, and people within the church were being influenced by the culture. And not only that, there were leaders in the church that were abusing their power, their, their giftedness. They were abusing their leaders, their their role as leaders. They were abusing the, in the church, and so people were hesitant. They were struggling. Their faith, their testimony was hindering. And so Paul is writing a letter to these people to make sure that they recognize the importance of their role. They recognize what is the right way to live in a way that glorifies God. And so in the chapter 12, Paul is going to be dealing with the topic of giftedness. And something that was true of that church at the time is that you had people that had this, what they would call miraculous gift. Gift that will either be healing, speaking in tongues, or performing a prophecy. And, and, and all of these different gifts, people were abusing it for, the, for their own sake or for their um, on steam. And they were doing this in a way that will be deterrent for the purpose that they were designed. So Paul is going to write in chapter 12... Why they should not abuse their giftedness and why they should use those gifts as a way to bless each other, as a way to bring the glory to God. So what we're going to be doing today, I'm not going to cover the entire chapter. I'm going to, we're going to jump from verse to verses. And the reason is that we're doing that is because there's a lot of things that are addressed here that they would be better to be dealt in a different time. Opposed for today, for the sake of the message, we're only going to focus on the idea of servant. So the very first truth that we're going to be seeing today is found in verse 7. But I'll read from uh, verse 4 just so we have a little bit of context. So Paul just gets done ready talking about the spiritual gift and what they mean. And so he says in verse 4, now, there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And then verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. The very first thing that we will see here is that Paul is saying to them is that God, through the Holy Spirit, empowers us to serve him. This statement alone, what it says to us is that anything that you may need to be able to stand up, go and do what God has designed you to do, you already have it if you are a follower of Jesus. If you have come at a point in your life where you have said, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the message of the gospel that Jesus came, died on the cross, and that three days later he rose from the dead. If you believe in this message, then you have the Holy Spirit. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we have everything that we need to be able to serve God. The Holy Spirit is one that empowers us. What does this mean? On this alone, we see how all the other excuses that we saw are not longer justifiable. Whether you you don't have time, well, the Holy Spirit will, will empower you to figure out a time to do it. You don't feel like you're adequate, none of us are adequate. But through the Holy Spirit, you're able to serve. And so the list could go on, but we see them very first early that Paul is addressing to them that through the Holy Spirit... God has empowered us to be able to serve him. Now we'll jump in verse 12. And look what it says in verse 12. He says, For just as the body is one that has many members, and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the food should say... Because I am not a hand, I do not belong of the body. That will not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear shall say, "Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body," that will not make any less part of the body. The second thing we'll see here is that there is unity in service. Now Paul is using this imagery here of the body, and now this to us makes some sense. To them, it would have it would make even more sense. Because you have to remember that in the culture that they were living at, people that had any disability, people that had any physical uh, disability, let's just call it that, they were looked down, they were not appreciated, they were pushed to the side. Many of them were marginalized. And you see in the gospel, you see how Jesus will deal with those people. And so for them to, to, for Paul to throw this imagery of them, he's implying the necessity of all the members in the body. You need to have, if you don't have your toes, if you don't have your hands, if you don't have your eyes, you're not complete. And so Paul, through this imagery, he's saying there is unity in the body because all of these pieces can come together and do what they're designed to do. There is unity in serving. When church are doing healthy, when churches are healthy, you can tell by that, by seeing how much people are invested, how people from different backgrounds, from different stories are coming together to serve God, to serve what they've been called to do. The third thing we'll see is right after in the verse 18, he says, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. I'm going to read that again. Verse 18. But, but, God, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. God intentionally chooses the role or the part that you play when it comes to serving. Three times in this chapter, you read how it says that God chose, God decided, God chose for each giftedness. So the giftedness that you have, the role that you're to play in a local church, God intentionally chose it for you. That is what Paul is trying for them to understand. That whatever it is that you have been given, whether it's a major gift or a minor gift, all of them play a big role when it comes to serving God. All of them are necessary for the service of God. Then he moves on and say in verse 25, he says this. He goes on and elaborates more about the idea of giftedness. And then he said that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Not only is is there diversity in the body, uh, but also you'll see that we have to have a concern for one another. You see that the body, you have eyes, you have hands, you have ears, you have eyes. There's diversity in the body of Christ. But in addition to that, not only there should be diversity, there should be a way that we're caring for one another, where we're prioritizing each other. In their culture, in the context right here in the passage, the Corinthians were more concerned about themselves. They were more concerned about using their giftedness for their own glory, for their own benefit. And so Paul is addressing it by letting them know that you must recognize that not only only there is diversity in the in the body of Christ that there are different roles, different ways that you work, but also that we are to care for one another, and that's what he says in verse twenty six. If one member suffers, all suffers together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. When you look at the example of Shannon in the video, what a testimony of this right here. Shannon sadly went through some hard circumstances. And through those circumstances, she's able to recognize that other ladies have gone through that. And God has empowered her and given her the ability to be able to use her giftedness to make a difference in our church where other people are surely struggling, where there are others that are dealing with the same struggles. And now Shannon, through the help of God and through her willingness to be used, is now able to be used by God to make a difference for his glory. This is what we see here, that there needs to be a mutual concern for one another. And so then the last one, and we'll see at the very end, from verse 27 to 30, I'll read it. He says, now you are the body of Christ and individually member of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gift of healings, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. And are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers. To all work miracles, to all possess gift of healings, to all speak with tongues, to all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gift. And I will show you still a more excellent way. The thing you'll see here is that Paul is kind of like switching the structure that they had when it came to giftedness. And I'm not going to get too much into detail, but in their culture, they, I, they believe that if you were able to speak in tongues, that you, if you were able to perform healing, if you were to do all this different stuff, you were viewed higher. You were, viewed, uh, you were more esteemed than others. And here in the way that Paul is addressing, he's flipping this structure and he's making attention to those gifts, like the gift of preaching like the grip of serving that will mean more for the body opposed to those gifts that will be more for ourselves, for themselves. And so in doing so, he's going to say, he's saying to them, serving should be done out of love for one another. And in the last very verse, he says this, "And I will show you a still more an excellent way that you can serve one another." And surprising to us, or it not, may, may not be surprising to us, is that that way that he's referring to is the one that you will see in chapter 13 of First Corinthians, the chapter of love. When you go to a wedding, or when you study in the, or looking to see what love is believers, non-believers that go to this passage, and this is what is leading to that, that we should serve out of a way for out of way of love for one another. Now these are the truths that we can see in the passage. Now how do we apply it to us today? Like Paul was trying to get the Corinthians to understand the idea of service, how Paul was trying for them to recognize their importance of, of, of giftedness and how they were to use those giftedness to serve one another and to be used by God, how can then us today as a church here in Maranatha, can we use our giftedness for the glory of God? How can we use what God has given us through his Holy Spirit as a way to bless others, and to bless and to bring glory to him. So, first application we'll see based on the passage that we just read is that every single believer has a role to play. If you're a Christian, if you say that you have believed in the gospel message, you have a role to play. There's not a way out of it. You have a role to play. Look what Galatians says in verse, Galatians 5.13. He says, "...for you were called to freedom, brothers." Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Paul is telling to the believers in Galatians that we're struggling with their backs, uh, with, their experience, with, with their, uh, all sins. And he's saying to them, that freedom that you receive when you believe in the gospel of Jesus, that freedom that you have is not for your, is for your enjoyment. Uh, it's, only, it's not for you alone. That freedom that you have is to, that you can serve one another. If you are a believer in Jesus... We need to get this straight. We have a role to play. If you're not serving today, you have a role to play. The second thing we see is that to not serve is to disregard the, 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 direction for God's, the direction that God has for your life. To not serve is to disregard the direction that God has for your life. In chapter 12, three times he says, and God chose, and God planned, and God chose Where he is implying, Paul, to the Corinthians that God intentionally shows for them the way that they should serve. If we here say that we're not going to let God use us, we're saying that we don't want the direction that he has for our life. To not be used by God is to neglect what he has directed for us to do. The third thing is every gift and every Christians are needed for the health of of the church. 1 Peter 4, then it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God varied grace. As each one of us has received a gift, if you're a Christian, you have received a gift. That is without a doubt, whether you know it or not, you have a gift. Whether you can recognize your gift or not, you have a gift. And that gift that the Holy Spirit, that God has given you through the Holy Spirit, it is to serve the church. It is to serve one another and to bring glory to God. And as a result, you are needed. You have a role to play and you need to get involved in that way. The fifth part we see here. Sorry, the fourth part we see here is, serving is not about us. It's about letting God use, use us to bless others and to bring glory to him. This is the part that for me convicts me the most. It says, serving is not about us. The believers in Corinth, they were serving or they were using their giftedness for their own sake, for their, for their benefit. But it's not about us. Instead, it is to allow God to use us to bring, to, to be, bring blessing to others, to be of a blessing to others, and to bring glory to him. Now, look at this passage right here in Mark 10, 45. I'm sure you heard it, and I'm sure you're, you're aware of it. But don't let it dismiss of the truth that you see here. Jesus, that comes into, came into this world into the form of a man, dealt with the same situations that we dealt with, Live the life that we live in. And in the midst of all that, he was doing it for one purpose, and it was to die on the cross for your mistakes, for my mistakes. So that through his death on the cross, we can have a relationship with him. That through, the, through his death on the cross and the fact that he rose from the dead three days later... We can have a relationship with Him, and though that was His journey, and though it was not an easy journey, it took pain and it took heartache. We see that Jesus still took the time to serve others, and He says here in Mark ten forty-five: "For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give life, as a, and to give His life as a ransom." But look at the first part: For "The Son of Man came not to be served." but to serve. On that verse alone, we have every fuel, every reason as to why you and I need to make sure that we're serving God. If Jesus is able to do that, if Jesus himself says, I'm not here for you to serve me, when he's talking to his disciple, but instead I'm here to serve you, and if Jesus can do that as he's going through the most excruciating journey that there could ever be, which is a journey of the cross, then what excuses do we have that can be justifiable? For the Son of Man came to serve and not to be, to be served. And then Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. This is the example that we saw in Jesus that he devoted himself to serve one another. If you're here today and you're a Christian and you're not serving, you have to recognize that you have a role to play, that you have to count others more significant than yourself, and that you have to find ways in which you can be used by him. The last one, our service to others is a testimony of God to the lost. The way that we care for one another the way that we serve one another, the way that we allow God to use our giftedness to one another is a way of a testimony for those that are lost, for those that do not believe in the message of the gospel. That when people walk through those doors, they're able to recognize people that are invested in the ministry, people that are finding ways to be used by him, people that are caring, that are loving, that are prioritizing one another. And this, by this, uh, John says... All people will know that you're my disciple if you love one another. This is what Jesus was saying. By this, people will know that you're my disciple, that you love one another. So when I was uh, putting this together, like I said, it was a challenging task. It was not easy. It took it took me time, right? And there were a lot of different pieces. There were a lot of different things that... Uh, I didn't know what to do with them. Things that at first glance, they seemed useless. They seemed like they didn't have a role to play into this furniture. But when everything came together, I was able to see that every single piece has a reason for why they were designed. Every single piece went together, they formed this great furniture. Same is true of the church. Each one of us that will say we're a Christian... Regardless of your giftedness, regardless of your background, each one of us has a role to play. And when we come together and use our giftedness to bless one another and to bring glory to God, we can see how God can use this church, this ministry for his glory. If we want to be a church, if Maranatha Bible Church wants to be a church that is reaching this community with the gospel, that is making a difference in this world, in this wicked and sinful world, We would only be able to do that if Every single one of us who call themselves a Christian are committed to do what God has called us to do. And that is to serve one another and to bring glory to him. But we need all of us. And I don't know what excuse you came with today. I don't know if you're, if what, what things you're legitimately dealing with. Whether it's a lot of work, whether it's a lot of school, whether it's a lot of circumstances in your home. I don't know what you came with today. But let me encourage you and challenge you at the same time to tell you that you are capable of serving if you put your mind to that. The God that empowers you through the Holy Spirit to be able to be used by him. And if you put out the excuses aside and you make yourself willing to be used by him, God will use you. And so that is my challenge for today. As we concluded our series on essentials, I hope that you recognize how essential it is for your spiritual growth to serve God and to serve one another. I'm going to pray and then Pastor Butch is going to come to the front with an announcement. And here's what I'm going to say for you guys. As Pastor Bush shares the announcements and we talk about it and you guys may be surprised, you may not, I will ask that what, what we discussed this morning on the topic of serving will not be something that you will dismiss it. That even though you may be surprised by the news or not, that you will still consider the things that we talked this morning. That you just not dismiss it. Thank you so much guys and let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that is to come to church and learn about you. Father, I pray that You will uh, challenge us to serve if we're not serving, Lord. That you will encourage us to continue serving if we're serving, Lord. And thank you so much for all the ways that you have blessed us, Lord. And we pray this in your name. Amen. One last thing I meant to say. If you're interested in serving, if you want to find ways that you can serve... If you go outside, there is that welcoming center. In the welcoming center, there is what we call connect cards. There's many ways that we can use this. One of the ways we use it is where you can put your prayer requests. If you have any prayer requests, you can write it on the back. But also, if you go through there, one of the things that you can check is a box that says servant. You're interested in serving. If you don't really don't know in what ways you could be used but you would like to get involved, this is a way that you can live your information, make sure that you live that you are interested in serving, and then just submit made it in a box in the back, and we will reach out to you and find ways that we can plug you in because that's our responsibility as a member of of this church, to serve one another and to bring God's glory. Thank you, guys.